Hi, I'm Maddie. And I'm David. And you're listening to Legend Logic. For series number two. Disgusting or illegal things to eat. I don't want to do this one, yeah, obviously. It's, it's going to be disgusting. I'm not going to lie. I'm not looking forward to it at all. It was definitely a completely different vibe um, doing the research for this. Mm, that doesn't give me hope that I'm going to enjoy you telling me this story. I think it's interesting, though, still. Um, but before we start, I just wanted, well, we both wanted, to say thank you so much to everybody who's been listening. We've been extremely grateful for all of the uh, support and feedback we've been getting. It's all been amazing. Yeah, it's definitely been awesome to hear that you guys are listening. And if you hear our cats in the background, apparently we have raised two boys who cannot be independent of their own for 10 minutes. So they're just going to be here. And they were so relaxed and right up until we started doing this. I know. So. They know. They just know. But anyway, we wanted to give a, a big thank you. We actually got some feedback from one of your friends that is very well-versed in podcasting. He called David and was like giving him some feedback and advice. And one thing he said was, you guys should explain your relationship. And in my head, I was like, why would we do that? <laughs> my, I was going to say, why, my, like, why do my friends and your family need to know? Yeah, <laughs> they I was already like, know. my mom already knows you're my boyfriend. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Right. And then he was like, no, it's for people who, you know, don't know you and listen to your podcast. And I was like, jaw Wait, on the floor. What? There are strangers? Strangers! So, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, David's my boyfriend. And she's my girlfriend. It's really cute. Anyway, thank you to everybody who has sent us feedback and supported us. We really appreciate it. Yes, definitely keep sending your thoughts out. Mm -hmm. This is definitely a learning process for us. Obviously, it's important for us to do this because we really enjoy doing it. But also, it'd be cool if people actually enjoyed listening to what we enjoy talking about. So let us know. Yeah. And with that, do you want to start grossing me out and making me upset? Totally. Amazing. Let's do it. Welcome to Disgusting or Illegal Foods. I definitely need to give a content warning here because this one is pretty rough. As she was describing, it's disgusting and or illegal. This one very much is both, at least in my personal opinion, which we'll get into. This topic is going to involve some pretty graphic language relating to animal abuse and animal cruelty. And I do sort of lean into the graphic nature of it because I want to illustrate how gross it is to me in my personal opinion. And I'm going to cry the entire time. So if you bear through it, just know I'm crying with you. It's, it's, it's going to be okay. So first, I'm going to give you a little story to set the scene, okay? Just really get your imagination going here. Picture this. The men sit in a dark room, their heads shrouded, hidden from God. Before each of them sits a tiny delicacy easily concealed in the palm of a hand, victim of one of the cruelest and most unusual fates to await anything eaten by human beings. What they are about to do is unconscionable. Gluttony at its most heedless and self-gratifying 
It will also be the highlight of their lives as epicures. The dish enters their mouths whole, and then the diners begin to chew, piercing the fat, crushing the bones, mashing the blood and flesh into a diabolical and delicious paste. Eventually the sounds subside, they swallow, lift their napkins, look each other in the eye once more. In front of each of them, no signs of the dish remain. Now, for the record, I definitely wish I could say I wrote that, but I did not. It's from eater.com, but I thought it was really well written, and I thought it did a great job of illustrating what the experience of eating this thing is like. That was very beautiful. I agree. I loved it. In my research on this topic, on the broader topic of illegal or disgusting foods, I found that various food items are illegal for several different reasons, including moral reasons some living thing involved in the dish is endangered or something about the dish is arguably unhealthy for humans to consume this one in particular is illegal for both of those first two reasons it's both you know outlawed for moral reasons as i mentioned animal cruelty is involved and this living thing is endangered so what is it the dish in question is known as ortolan bunting Throughout my entire research, I was pronouncing it in my head, Ortolan bunting, and then I looked it up right before we started this, and I was like, oh, Google Translate says it's Ortolan, so I'm going with Ortolan. Some of you may have heard of this dish due to its feature in some pretty popular shows, including Showtime's Billions and HBO's Succession. If you haven't watched either of these shows, then you should know they have very similar themes, including wealth, excess, ambition, and obsession. I haven't actually watched both of the shows, but my sense is that they both involve really successful men doing potentially sketchy activity, and this is used by the writers as, like, a plot point. An ortolan itself is a tiny songbird that summers across Western Europe and winters in Africa. I love that. I want to be a songbird that summers in Western Europe and winters in Africa. Yeah, I got that line uh, directly off of one of my sources as well, because I loved the description of it, summering one place and wintering another. Now, basically, people who are really into fine food claim that this dish that involves this beautiful, delicate little songbird is, quote-unquote, a delicacy with no equal. Other descriptions I found describe it as one of the world's most indulgent, extravagant mouthfuls, and the pinnacle of gastronomy, or gastronomy. I'm not sure how to pronounce that one either. I was about to say, what's gastronomy? But I got it. I figured it out. Yeah. On top of the supposed deliciousness of the dish, it has also become legendary for a variety of reasons, including the legality issue, in addition to its being viewed as a status symbol. Even before it was made illegal, it had been consumed as a symbol of class and high society for centuries, specifically in French culture. One article I read called it a writer's dream due to it being quote-unquote cruelly poetic, steeped in dramatic and ritualistic overtones, and deliciously inaccessible to all but high society. And perhaps one of the most paramount reasons for its vaunted status is due to one legendary dinner that took place on New Year's Eve 1995. This is it. This is what, this is what I want. Give it to me. 
French President François Mitterrand, very close to dying of prostate cancer, gorged himself on marraine oysters, foie gras, which is also illegal. He also ate capon, and then in full armagnac and napkin shroud regalia, two ortolans. And he died, or so the legend says, he died eight days later, apparently without eating another bite after he ate those two ortolans. Ooh, ominous. You can see how in French culture that would elevate the status even more. So going into a little more about why this is illegal in general, one of the reasons, as I mentioned, is that the ortolan is endangered. So according to an article from Smithsonian Magazine, if half of the 30,000 ortolans hunted in France each year were spared, the species' risk of extinction would stand at around 66% within the century. Oh, That's wow. if half of them were spared. But even if hunting is completely eradicated, giving the species an average of twice the chance of survival that from where it currently sits, it may not be enough to save the bird from extinction. So this bird is unfortunately on a rapid trail toward extinction, and largely it's due to the hunting for this dish. Between 1980 and 2016 alone, Europe's ortolan population dropped by 88%. Oh my gosh. Now for the other reason it's endangered, and this is where you need to brace yourself. You especially, Maddie, so, you know. (laughs) This is how it goes from delicate little songbird to supposedly delicious dish. First, you must capture one of the tiny songbirds as it attempts to migrate south for the winter. You have to keep it in a dark cage or blind it, which tricks it into gorging itself on grains and figs. Why? Because it it doesn't know what time of day it is? Right. And this should be done continuously until it has at least doubled in size. It's a lot. It's a lot of fattening it up. Next, it is drowned in a vat of armagnac brandy. What? Yeah. That sounds really excessive and unnecessary. Why? Don't ask me. Ask the French. Oh my gosh, no. After that, it's then uh, cooked, plucked, and served. And the diner should eat the bird in a single bite. Bones and head. Everything except the beak. Yeah. Sorry, I'm trying to get words out. Uh, mm-hmm. Even like its little feet? Yep. Also, Everything. they cook it, then they pluck the feathers? Is that normal? I've, I always assumed that they would have to take the feathers off and then cook it. That would make sense to me. That's This is how I read it in, in the thing. True. And a lot of the things about preparing this little bird don't make a lot of sense to me. No, but, absolutely. They don't. You know. But okay, so we're we're eating it all in one bite. Correct. Including... Everything Everything but the beak. Correct. Everything except the beak. Okay. Now, you might think that I found these directions, you know, back before it was illegal because it was eaten for centuries in French high society. But no, these directions are very much modern directions because people very much do still eat it despite the fact that it's illegal. So you got it from like a a recipe online? Yeah. So I found a website with step-by-step directions as to how someone who's not French, like even potentially a tourist, like how I could go to France and go about getting this dish for myself. 
But like not in a historical way. They did it as a how-to article. Yeah, yeah. These are step-by-step directions. I got off a website. <laughs> it's crazy. So first, you have to save up for a trip to La France Profonde, which from what I could figure out, La France Profonde is referring to sort of the more rural areas of France okay. as opposed to like Paris or something. Sure. You then must find a poacher, negotiate the price, likely around 150 euros, or I found another estimate that some of them can go up to like $200, like US dollars for a single ortolan. But you also need to be prepared to potentially pay the 6,000 euro fine if you're caught. If you're caught or if the poacher's caught or if both? You're, or both. I mean, I imagine if the poacher is caught, he's just going to rat you out for paying oh, him to do it. Got it. And not only that, but you also then have to find a chef who is willing to prepare this dish. Oh, yeah. Because... You can't just like do it at home. <laughs> right. And a lot of people are going to be frowned upon. I mean, it's a very fine dish, so I imagine the average person is not going to want to prepare it themselves. No. Because if you're going to go through all this trouble, you probably want to do it the right way. The right way. That's yeah. disgusting. Then the directions say you need to decide which end you want to begin with. I'm sorry? Which end of the bird, like once it's prepared, which end, like... Even Did though, it have you, suggestions? It said some experts recommend starting at the rear. Others recommend you start with the head. Who did this research? I don't know. I believe it's from a website called myfrenchlife.com. We will, we will definitely put the... Someone had to eat enough of these to say which one was better, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. These sources will definitely be in the show notes for the record. If yeah. If you want to look this I up. I don't. You want to place the entire bird into your mouth and let it rest on your tongue. Don't eat it too quickly. Oh, no. That'd be a crime. Right. Inhale rapidly through your mouth. This is to cool the bird, and also it's supposed to help with the taste. Then you begin chewing. Apparently, the first taste is delicious, both salty and savory, with hazelnut overtones and the delicate, incomparable flavor of ortolan fat. Crunch the fine bones. Apparently... Sometimes the bone will splinter and cut into your gums, soft palate and mouth, releasing a small quantity of your own blood. This mixes, apparently, with the rich gamey flavor of the ortolan intestines, resulting in a greatly enhanced and heavenly taste experience. So apparently your own blood is involved in this. Oh, God. Okay, but let me just say, when you said that you want to, like, inhale quickly in your mouth to make the taste, I just pictured somebody, like, you know how you swirl a a glass of wine? Sure. But for your mouth. Oh, okay. I I was imagining, like, pretty much every time I eat the first pizza roll and it's, like, too hot, (laughs) and I'd make the mistake of not, like, biting the end off or anything... And I just throw the whole thing in, and then I have to do the, like, you know, that <laughs> whole thing. Amateur hour. That's amateur hour. you got to bite off each individual corner. You're right. And, and for the record, Maddie is an expert on eating pizza rolls. Expert. Yeah. Crown me queen of the pizza rolls. Anyway, carry on. That's mostly the end of my research. And so, because we don't have, like, a haunted or not haunted debate, I had a couple of opinions that I wanted to see how you feel about them. All right. Okay. The first question is, do you think ortolans are really that delicious? Because my opinion is that they're not. And that the dish is actually, it's continued to be eaten primarily due to its symbolism and legendary status. Like I think people, especially tourists, 
go you know travel to france and want to eat this dish because it used to be eaten by french royalty and that it's not even close to being delicious enough to validate going through all this trouble i would assume that that's correct but i mean you also know that i don't like bird in general 99 percent of the time so i'm probably not gonna like eating its bones as well so but no i definitely would agree with that yeah assessment I mean, first of all, I, I dislike pretentiousness in general. So the whole French like fine food eating culture is not one that I really love or identify with. And also for the record, I don't have a very refined palate in general. So I probably, yeah, I would eat buffalo chicken wings for every single meal would. if I could. That and then followed up by like a whole bag of Takis, of takis and like Mountain Dew mm-hmm. on the side. Yeah. 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 But also I think what goes into that opinion for me is I've just eaten a lot of things that a lot of people have recommended and just sort of been disappointed by them. And it's because there's so much hype. I was about to say, you are somebody who hates things because they were hyped up to you. I mean, he doesn't like Austin Powers because I made him watch it the other night and he was like, it's just like so hyped up. He didn't like Napoleon Dynamite. You just don't like things that are like hyped up to an extent that you can't, it can't possibly live up to it. I get it. It's just, I'm going to get so much heat for you telling people that. Okay, I'll cut it out. No, it's okay. I'll cut it out. I'll take, I will take the heat, but I think it's, you know, it's an understandable experience. It's like, you know, when, when someone goes on vacation and they get something you can only get in that place, then they're going to come back and they're going to tell everybody that that thing is like the most amazing thing they've ever eaten because now they can't get that thing anymore. And they assume the people they're talking to have never had it. So they're free to just hype it up as much as they want to. That's true. And you're never like letting anybody down because they're never going to have it probably. Yeah. So I like to think to a degree that there are people who have gone through all of this absolute disgusting trouble and then have eaten it and not enjoyed it honestly i feel like even if somebody did all the money and work and stuff for me if i tried i would throw up yeah instantly wouldn't wouldn't be able to do it it's just terrible the second question is do we think eating ortolan is really that different than consuming other animals? Because a lot of the research I found, people were like, yes, this is a really disgusting and terrible process that they have to go through. But how is this different from like the meat industry in general, like the beef industry, the chicken industry, all those things? I have the unfortunate knowledge that like I know how cows are killed. I know how pigs are killed. I know how chickens are killed. So I definitely see that. Mm-hmm. I guess it's like a society factor in my mind probably that a cute little songbird is being harmed in this way. So yeah. it's like a fragile defenseless thing. So that's probably why my brain is more like, oh no, I can't do it. I'm like imagining Tweety Bird right. getting oh. drowned in wine or whatever it is, mm-hmm. brandy. I do get that for sure. I think it's just as cruel as a lot of the ways those other animals die yeah i was interested in your opinion because you're like on the brink of basically becoming vegetarian not because (laughs) not because you necessarily have a lot of trouble with the moral part of it but meat just doesn't seem to agree with your stomach anymore i just don't really like meat that much anymore um but also you were raised in a situation (laughs) where they have cows and stuff i was about to say yeah we we raised cows and uh we had a bowl every year that would end up being like the meat for our family for like 
I think like a, a year or at least six months. We have a big family, so I'm sure it went faster than I think. We would, this is terrible, but it's fine. I'll tell anybody, I'll take the heat for it. Every year we named it something that was meal related. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like my cousins would name it cheeseburger mm-hmm. or filet mignon or I don't know, whatever it was that, yeah. that year that we named him. So I can't necessarily say that I disagree with eating animals. Yeah, it's a really interesting conversation because I feel like I've been thinking about it a lot more because a lot of people whose podcasts I listen to, like like Jay Shetty, for example, if anybody listens to him, he's basically like a modern day philosopher. He was a monk for a while and stuff, but he is vegan for moral reasons almost exclusively. Mm-hmm. But it's also veganism is really good for the environment too. I was about to too. say the environment. Yeah, and the, and the environment is something I'm pretty passionate about. Mm-hmm. So it's something I've been thinking about a lot. But obviously, I am a meat eater currently, so this is sort of what I think about it. I, I feel like it's pretty different between eating the Orderlands versus eating versus like the general meat industry. I think the unnecessary cruelty and the way it is killed and eaten is significant. There is a difference between killing something and torturing something and then yeah. killing it. You put it in a dark room for multiple days right. or blinded or whatever. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, and on top of that, the fact that it is illegal only compounds on how revolted I am by this whole thing because people will go through all the additional trouble of committing an illegal act that takes a number of people that you have to find to complete. And money. All in order to be despicably cruel to this beautiful creature and endanger the very existence of its species. If anybody has strong opinions and wants to share, let us know. I'm curious. Yeah, you can follow us on Instagram at Legend Logic Podcast, or you can send us an email at legendlogicpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to read it. Yeah, and definitely come back for Maddie's episode, which I am. You're not ready. Very excited to hear. She's excited. She's excited to talk about it. If anyone knows me well, they can probably guess what I'm going to bring up because I talk about it all the time right i was gonna say i feel like this topic is one of those things that when we first talked about doing this podcast you mentioned this one that and lump mansion so i'm getting them out of the gate i'm excited for the next one uh we will see you guys soon yeah thanks for listening bye